0: Prologue twenty third june two thousand forty four seven hundred fifty six. Hundreds of spectators gathered around in anticipation of this historical launch. Those who did not attend eagerly watched on their television screens at home. Cameras dotted the grassy field and collected the dew of the foggy morning, and the clock showed two minutes till launch. Taking her cue, A young girl stepped up to her microphone and began to sing. Three flags fluttered in the gentle breeze. The first, the flag of the United States of America. The second was a flag displaying the NASA insignia. The third flag sported a more recently adopted design, the flag of Earth. The crowd remained hushed as the girl continued her song. The lyrics echoed through the field and the excitement could be seen in the face of every man, woman, and child. Of course, it would be years before this mission would yield any results at all, but today was an important milestone towards saving mankind. For a moment, the song was interrupted by the announcement. One minute till launch. Destiny. The first spacecraft intended to explore planets outside our home solar system sat vertically on the launch pad. The silence was almost eerie, but was shattered by her voice. The crowd erupted in cheers as the final few seconds ticked off the clock. T minus ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, Three, two, one. The cheering of the crowd was overshadowed by the explosive roar of the engines of destiny, and white clouds billowed from the bottom of the spacecraft. Liftoff. Log Journal of Destiny astronaut Jason Falcon, 24 June, 2044, 1312. So today is my last day on Earth. Well, Technically, I'm not on Earth anymore. I'm actually in low Earth orbit. But I'm closer to Earth than I'll be for the next 33 years, roughly. The plan is to head straight for Capteen Star at around 85% of the speed of light, or 250 kilometers per second. That means we'll spend just over 16 years headed there. About 6 months on Capteen. Dash Bay to study it, and another 16 years headed home. Luckily for us, it'll only feel like 17 years total due to the special theory of relativity. More specifically, it'll feel like 7 months to us because we're going to be in cryosleep for almost the entire trip. The other 6 members of my crew and I, if you can even count John as a crew member, go to sleep tomorrow, and won't wake up until we reach Captain Star. This is a good thing because I think I'd rather jump out of the airlock than spend 17 years with these guys. In all seriousness, we've been selected specifically to complement each other's personalities so we don't rip each other to shreds in the few months that we will be awake, aggressively tiny, accessible portion of the spacecraft. My other crew members are an amazing bunch of guys, and a girl, and I would trust them with my life, which is good because it's more than likely that I will have to before this trip is over. We've all been saying our goodbyes, even though the next thing we remember, will be waking up in 13 light years away with nothing much to look at but each other's faces, so yeah, I'm willing to give up 17 years of my precious youth for this opportunity. I really love space. But hey, who else could say that they visited another star? It will all be worth it when we're regarded as world heroes for discovering a new home for when Earth is no longer habitable. This will be my only log prior to the cryosleep. See you in 16 years. 13 April, 2051, 609. I woke up to alarms and a cramp in my stomach. It's nine years early, so I assumed it must be some important maintenance. Oddly enough, the ship decided to do an emergency thaw, a very dangerous, quick version of the thawing process. I quickly discovered why the ship was losing oxygen and fast. I extended my cryogenic storage tank, basically a glorified frozen coffin, and crawled out. Oxygen alarms sounded all throughout the cabin, and I rushed to the main control area. I realized what had happened. There had been a major leak in the oxygen, so the ship had prioritized the cryogenic storage tanks, pumped oxygen from the main cabin into the tanks, and performed an emergency thaw. Oddly though, the ship had only thawed me. I assumed that I was the only one needed to fix the problem. I continued to assess the situation, but the controls were becoming increasingly confusing and daunting. I started to realize that I was getting oxygen deprived, and I began to panic. Blackness clouded the edges of my vision. Just before passing out, I realized what had really happened. With the last of my strength, I redirected the oxygen to the main cabin and sealed off the oxygen to the tanks. My only hope was that the leak existed somewhere in the tanks and sealing them off would stop it. The next thing I remember, I was waking up, slouching uncomfortably in the control chair, still loosely belted in. Oxygen levels in the cabin were stable, I was alive. Unfortunately, as I had learned just prior to blacking out, the same could not be said for the rest of my crew. I was the only one left. All the alarms were off and I had some more time to figure out what was going on. I learned that the leak was located somewhere in the tanks and I was able to isolate it by cutting off the oxygen supply to them. The computer had, in fact... Attempted to thaw all of the crew, but it prioritized my oxygen during the quick thaw. The computer had to ensure that at least one of us got through the thaw alive and was able to fix the problem, but why me? Why did the computer prioritize my oxygen supply out of the whole crew? Who the hell designed that and didn't tell me about it? It wasn't until writing this that I realized the gravity of the situation. All my crew members are dead, and I'm alone in space traveling away from Earth at 250 kilometers a second. This is really bad. I can't stand to think about how they must look right now, have thawed in those refrigerators, I can't help but think about my family. I'm not married, which is the only reason I was actually able to go on a 33-year trip. My parents are going to have no idea what's going on until I get back to our home system. Destiny has no long-range communication systems for a variety of reasons. But most importantly, the ship is already traveling close to light speed. Some messages would take forever to reach the ship and the distance back to Earth is simply too far away for current technologies to reach. So I'm alone, and no one is coming to save me. All this adrenaline paired with the fact that I've been asleep for eight years has left me incredibly drained. I'm going to take one last check on all the computer systems, and then get some sleep. 13 April 2051, 1213. They told us that waking up from a cryogenic storage wasn't going to feel good, but they didn't say that I was going to feel like this. I awoke more sore than I ever have been, and I guess earlier I had too much adrenaline to feel much of anything, but that's worn off and I feel terrible. Lining of my stomach feels like it's on fire. My mouth is dry and I can barely walk. The very first thing I did when I woke up was bolt to the water reclaimer and chugged until I thought I might puke. When frozen, all of your biological processes are temporarily suspended. This means that you don't need oxygen, water, food, or anything else, really, so long as you stay frozen but this also means that you wake up extremely thirsty and with a killer headache. It'll be a few days before I'm fully recovered from the storage. I've learned some very troubling facts. I can't put oxygen back into the tanks until I fix the leak, and the only way I'll be able to fix the leak is by doing an EVA. I don't know how I'll fix the leak exactly, but i'll cross that bridge when i come to it for now i have to face the reality that going outside the ship right now is a really bad idea this means that i'll have to wait until i'd reach captain b to do the eva necessary to fix it more importantly no oxygen means no cryogenic storage The computer won't let me freeze myself unless I have an oxygen flow to the tanks. All this is to say, I'm going to have to spend the next nine years, which will feel like four and a half years, alone on this ship, awake, by myself. This led to another troubling discovery. As I said before. You don't need any food when you're frozen, which means NASA was kind enough to only leave us seven months worth of food each. Seven months times seven crew members makes three and a half years worth of food. I may be able to stretch that to four years since I won't be burning many calories, but not the full four and a half years. Assuming I turned around as soon as I got to Captain Star. I'd figure out a solution later i have plenty of time i'm going to spend the rest of the day searching the cabin for anything useful and running check on all the systems to make sure there is no more major problems 25th of april 2051 1656 i kept thinking about how time was going so quickly yesterday I expected to sleep in some today since I went to sleep around 2300, but I woke up at 19.45. I slept for almost 24 hours. Duh. I realized aloud, relativity. Einstein does it again. Every minute I spend on this ship is two minutes on my clocks, which are adjusted to display earth time. We were never supposed to be awake while traveling the speed, so it's not something NASA ever thought about. I'll readjust my sleep schedule so that I sleep during even days, and I'm awake during odd days. It doesn't help that the ship is lit with the world's most oppressive fluorescent light bulbs that I can't figure out how to turn off. It was never actually meant to control the ship like this. That was Matthew's job. But I had been briefed on all the controls just in case something like this happened. And sure enough. In my searches, I found... No more food. Limited supplies that I already knew about. uh, Some tubing, repair supplies, gum, etc. And some books and music brought on by my crewmates. One book in particular. Pale Blue Dot by Carl Sagan stuck out to me a book that as an astronaut i really should have read by now but had somehow managed to avoid the pale blue dot refers to earth and its tiny size in comparison with the vast cosmos it's very fitting for this trip and i could see why daniel brought it along i'll enjoy reading that one john also brought along a bible most of my crew is religious if you couldn't tell by their names. Personally, I've never really thought much about it. I've always been into space, and I I guess that keeps me covered on my spiritual quota. But I've got a lot of time, so maybe I'll become a little bit more religious. Probably could help my outlook, because things aren't looking very good. I think I thought of a potential way to survive with enough food until I reach Captain B. I wonder how long partially frozen meat lasts. Oh shit, I finally found the light switch. Thank God, I can finally get some real sleep. Never mind, as soon as I turn the lights out, some dim orange emergency lights come on. Well, I suppose that's better than nothing. 17 April, 2051, 1722. This is the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life. Whether to survive or die, I've concluded after much thought that the only way I'm getting out of this situation alive is to eat my dead crew members for nourishment. I can't believe I'm actually considering this. I decided that I'd rather die than live the rest of my life with that on my conscience. I would never defile the corpses of my friends. I just don't have it in me. I have to come up with another way to survive or I'm going to die out here. I decided to consult the handy Bible to see what it had to say about, well, about cannibalism. And I found two verses, Leviticus 26, 29. You shall eat the flesh of your sons and you shall eat the flesh of your daughters. Jeremiah 19.9 And I will make them eat the flesh of their sons and their daughters, and every one shall eat the flesh of his neighbor in the siege and in the distress, with which their enemies and those who seek their life afflict them. Well, it doesn't seem like God really likes cannibalism. Reading this made me wonder whether or not this god was testing me with his ordeal. Had I sinned so badly that the only proper punishment was forcing me to eat the flesh of my friends to survive, was I deserving of such a punishment that I would be reverted to a primal, beast-like state of kill or be killed, or rather, eat or be killed? I'm pretty sure animals eat their own species and don't mind, but my crewmates aren't just livestock. They had hopes and dreams and aspirations, many of which I knew and shared with them. How could I ever degrade their bodies like that? I continue to tell myself that I will never do this, but I fear that my instinct to survive will overcome the illusion of honor that I still hold dear. For now, I'm eating the food that NASA sent with us. It's pretty good for space food, especially considering I haven't had a good meal in nine years. Speaking of which, my symptoms seem to be lessening, my headache has subsided, and I'm able to move more freely, though my soreness and aching still persist. 19 April, 2051, 1424 Damn it, I'm going to die. Why don't I just do it now? All I'd have to do was cut off the oxygen supply and black out and it would be over. If I've exhausted all my options, I don't understand why I haven't just ended it yet. If I know I'm going to starve, I don't see much of a reason to sit here for years and wait on my death. I should just go out with dignity and honor and die with my crew. I'm a coward. I stare at the controls, knowing exactly how to turn off the oxygen supply, but I just can't do it. I just sit there and cry. My tears well up on my face because of the surface tension, because there's no gravity to pull them down my cheek. I continued to read through John's Bible and found, fittingly, the verse I was looking for. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so I finally accepted what I had to do. I decided to survive. Not for me. No, 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 no. For mankind. And damn it, if God is going to damn me to hell because I ate some already dead people so that I could get to Captain B and potentially save all of mankind and so be it. If God so loved the world, then certainly, he'd want me to save it. 21st April, 2051. 5.51. I have a lot of time on my hands. I spent most of my days looking out the windows of the cabin at the vastness of space. I feel like I'm adrift with the most massive ocean mankind has ever sailed upon. Albeit I'm aboard what is likely the most expensive ship ever made. I figure the price of this ship is irrelevant if it's unable to safely deliver its passengers. The time that I don't spend looking out the glass, I spend somersaulting through the air. I'll be damned if I'm going to let a little bit of death and misery ruin my fun in zero gravity. As unprofessional as it may sound, I think these logs have become much more unprofessional than they originally intended anyway. One of the things I was most looking forward to about this trip was the limited amount of time I got to spend bouncing off the walls in zero-g, looking on the bright side. I have all this room to myself now. I just hope I don't break anything. As fun as Zero-G is, I found myself getting increasingly bored. And I know that the next few years are going to be very, very long. I'm almost already through the whole Bible, and it's only been a few days. I know it's unusual to read the Bible like a novel, but it's one of the only books I have. and I'm saving Pale Blue Dot until I really need it. 23rd April, 2051, 12 Well, I've finished the whole Bible. I know that doesn't sound all that exciting, but for me it was a big deal. You'd think the experience would have left me all spiritual and at peace, but mostly I feel anxious. One popular story that stuck out to me and was relevant was the story of Noah's Ark. I couldn't help but wonder whether or not the situation back at home on Earth had anything to do with that. I made the connection of my ship, Destiny, to the Ark, but I don't really remember Noah eating his family. That being said, after the flood, God did tell Noah, everything that lives and moves about will be food for you, just as I gave you the green plants. I now give you everything and that was unsettling to say the least it's probably just a coincidence but my mind keeps playing games with me and well being all alone all day in this tiny cabin with only a few books I'm destined to make some connections I've been putting off what I need to do but if I keep putting it off the meat will go bad and it will all be for nothing. As much as I don't want to, I'm going to prepare some of the meat to be eaten. twenty fifth april twenty fifty one seven thirty-one. Last night in my new adjusted schedule was easily the worst night of my life. First decision who to eat first. I decided Carlos, he is the largest of us and we weren't all that close. I won't get into the details, but I had some tools in my toolbox, and I salvaged the edible meat, and left what was remaining in the tank, and pushed it back into the wall. The look on his face was a look of betrayal, and I couldn't help but think I made a horrible mistake, but I pressed on. I had my first... meal last night. I don't have anything that can start a fire, since NASA was sure to make everything on this ship 100% fireproof. Even if I was able to make a fire, I wouldn't be able to make one every day. So I decided to eat the meat raw. It wasn't good, but it was edible, and I tried not to think what I was doing. It definitely took an emotional toll though. I can't stop thinking about what I've done. I feel sick to my stomach. All my symptoms from the cryosleep are gone, but they've been replaced with worse symptoms from this experience, most notably nausea and headaches. I'm about to have my second meal, followed by a day of staring into space and thinking about what I've done. 27 April, 2051. 17-12, system checks today, I'm going to start pale blue dot, I know I said I should wait until I really need it, but I really need it, 2nd of May, 2051, 1243, I found a passage in the book that was circled in black pen, presumably by Matthew. It follows a picture of the Earth taken by Voyager 1, a space probe launched almost 70 years ago. The picture shows Earth, an infinitesimally small dot in the middle of a vast blackness. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. Honor everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was every teacher of morals every corrupt politician every superstar every supreme leader every saint and sinner in the history of our species live there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam the earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that, in glory and triumph, they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Our posturings, our imagined self importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, There is no hint that help will come from somewhere else to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. And then there's me. I'm sitting aboard the equivalent of Voyager 1. Destiny. The Earth is way too far away to be seen from here, but I can imagine just how small it would be. It dawns on me that I am further away from Earth than any human has ever been in the history of mankind. I think it's interesting how dangerous the universe is. All that's keeping me from boiling alive is a thin sheet of metal or glass. This ship, Destiny, is like a pocket of life in the vast death that is the cosmos. And even it is filled with death. I used to have an amazing fascination with the cosmos and all of its beauty and wonder. But what kind of God would make a universe where 99.9% of it will kill you instantly? There's two lines of that quote that are highlighted in orange sharpie, and the first is this. In our obscurity and all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. Now i'm not sure why matthew highlighted this line or if it was him at all but if he only knew how relevant this quote would be not only for earth itself but for me and destiny no one is coming to save me and no one is going to save earth if we don't do it ourselves this quote gives me newfound hope and purpose that i am reminded That I'm doing what I have to do in order to ensure that mankind will live on. At least. That's what I keep telling myself. Now the next line highlighted is this. Visit, yes. Settle, not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the earth is where we make our stand. This one makes a little more sense. It's just like Matthew and... Directly relates to our mission. Back in 1990, humanity had no place to settle other than Earth. That was our mission, to change that. We were supposed to give mankind a new home, but Matthew never made it. May 6, 2051, 1305. My sleep schedule's all messed up. It's hard to keep it straight when you're in complete control of how light it is in the cabin space is always dark daytime just means i have the lights on everybody knows who carl sagan is but but i don't think anyone knows carl sagan as well as i do i mean sure some people have read his full biography or knew him personally But no one has known him the way I know him by studying his text so religiously. Now I may not know where the man was born, but I understand who he was by studying his writing. I mean, okay, okay, okay. This may be an exaggeration, but when you're all by yourself for years with just a handful of books, you want those books to be yours? 9. May 2051 716 i spent some time rereading the bible i found something worth sharing revelation 8:12 the fourth angel blew his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck and a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that a third of their light might be darkened and a third of the day might be kept from shining and likewise a third of the night I don't know exactly how this relates to my situation, but I know there's something in there. 11 May, 2051, 1414 The boredom is getting much worse, and I'm running out of things to do. I'm having anxiety of being stuck in this tiny cabin. I've been having nightmares of my crewmates coming back to life and crawling out of their storage tanks, their flesh rotting off of their faces. In the dream... I had the audacity to worry about how, if the meat was rotting, I couldn't eat it. I decided to have a quick look this morning. All the bodies are in good condition and definitely not alive. Up to this point, I'd been too paranoid to even open the other storage tanks, but I needed to check on the meat. I started the nasty habit of watching the clock as if expecting a day or two to just disappear. And this just makes time go slower, and I get even more miserable. I reanalyze the verse from earlier, the fourth angel blew his trumpet. What's interesting about this is that both a third of the day and a third of the night are missing. That's not less sun shining, I realized. That's less time. Time. Relativity. And then I had a horrible thought. I rejected the idea, disgusted at its ludicrousness. But a lump rose in my throat as I looked at the numbers finely painted on the cryosleep tanks. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And then I'm on mine, the number four. The seven angels of revelation, the seven crew members of destiny, the fourth angel. I decided to reread the surrounding verses to get some more clues. The other angels sound trumpets that call for horrible plagues and death to happen on earth. The more I think about it, the more ludicrous I think that connection is. I just can't help but feel like this has something to do with us. Like we're triggering key events in the revelation. The main lights just went out and the emergency lights came on. I can't seem to get them back on. This whole time I've been complaining about the oppressive lights and now, as soon as they're gone, I yearn for them. I fear I will be in near darkness for the rest of this trip. 15 May, 2051, 1609. To be clear, I don't need my other crew members to complete this mission. The main reason seven crew members came along is to keep everyone sane for the time we were intended to be stuffed in Destiny's cabin, or on the lander module on the surface of Captain B. Destiny does most of the work automatically. The crew is only here to do repairs and to land on the surface of Captain B. I won't be able to land on the surface with just one man, but I could still get plenty of data and make the mission worthwhile. Once I get to Captain B, I can do an EVA and get the oxygen breach filled, and I can cryo-sleep all the way back home. Today I did some more system checks and planned out every step of the mission from now until I reach home on some scrap paper NASA conveniently provided. And I'm starting to get more hopeful that I can complete the whole mission and still return a hero. Only to be overshadowed by the sacrifice of my crew members for the success of the mission. Doubt has inevitably set in, and I'm starting to wonder whether or not I will actually be regarded as a hero or a monster. 19th of May. 2051, 1352. I've read all the books now, listened to all the music, multiple times. I can't find anything else worth doing with my time. I don't think I'm going to read the Bible anymore, it just makes me feel worse than before and I'm more uncertain after putting it down when I picked it up in the first place. I found more understanding in Pale Blue Dot and some of the other science-related reads. Yeah, us astronauts like science books. Big surprise there. I found peace in the humility demonstrated by the astronomy books and beauty in the chemistry books. In hard times, people, including myself, like to turn to spirituality, but the natural world seems to be the best opiate for me. It's ironic, really. I love the cosmos so much, yet it's constantly, patiently, waiting to kill me. Speaking of which, the carbon dioxide alarms are going off, and I'm not sure why. Maybe it's carbon dioxide. 21st May, 2051, 362. Yeah, it's carbon dioxide. Something's wrong with my air regulator. Ideally, the regulator keeps carbon dioxide at normal levels, but for some reason the levels are steadily increasing. I guess my perfect little oasis isn't so perfect anymore. Thanks, NASA. In reality, NASA's genius engineers are the only reason I'm still alive and are probably going to be responsible for saving the human race. Only because they were able to come up with an ingenious way to travel at 85% of the speed of light are we even able to make this trip. I'll just have to fix this regulator before the carbon dioxide levels reach lethal levels. I'll get to it tomorrow. I'm rereading Pale Blue Dot. Yes, again. 23rd May, 2051, 612. Carbon dioxide levels have reached 4% and climbing. Symptoms will start around 5%, and I'll be unconscious at 10, so I needed to fix it by then. I'm messing with the reclaimer for an hour or so, and I can't find the problem. Not to mention it's dark because the main lights aren't working, and I'm trying to see using only the emergency lights. I fished the flashlight out of the supply cabinet, but that didn't help much starting to get worried about this. Luckily, NASA's engineers made everything really easy to repair, and I have schematics for everything on the ship. I'm running low on my meat, and I haven't been eating as much, so I got faint after staring at the schematics for too long. Tomorrow, I'll fix the reclaimer and prepare some new meat. 25th of May, 2051 813. Shit, I can feel the effects of the carbon dioxide already. It's sitting at 7% and I'm wondering why I took so long to fix this and let it get so bad. I should have repaired the regulator earlier because the CO2 is making me so dizzy that it's almost impossible. If I can't manage to fix the reclaimer, this may have all been for nothing. No, I lost the schematics. I don't know how to fix this damn thing without the schematics. I don't know if I left them in the supply cabinet yesterday. I've searched everywhere in this tiny cabin, and they're nowhere to be found. How could I misplace something in this small of an area? I need to keep searching. Only 8% of CO2 levels. 27th May. 2051, 1612. I found the schematics and fixed the regulator. Carbon dioxide levels are back down to normal, thank God. Oddly enough, I found the schematics in a locked cabinet under the control panels. I don't remember ever using those cabinets, let alone storing something in them. I assumed I was just so dizzy from the carbon dioxide that I mistook the locked cabinet the supply cabinet but i would think i'd remember using the key all that matters is that i'm no longer in any immediate danger all systems seem normal also the lights flickered back on today which was a big help in repairing the regulator it's refreshing to have lights and the cabin is a lot messier than i remember it being i'll spend the rest of the day cleaning up the cabin twenty ninth may twenty fifty one nine sixteen. I lost my science books. Now admittedly this is getting a bit weird. How could I lose the only possession that I really care about? I cannot lose those books, though. I have to find them. You're gonna laugh at me when you hear where I found the books. But I found them in the locked cabinet. But when I found them I didn't laugh, in fact I I began to cry I didn't cry because I was sad I cried for every other reason I cried because I was happy to find my books but most I cried because I didn't put my books in the locked cabinet I'm still crying and I don't know why but it's getting hard to write 31st May 2051 1614 I decided to check the cameras to see how my books ended up in the locked cabinet. Immediately after checking the recorded footage, the first thing I noticed was how horrible I looked. Somehow, despite having nothing else better to do, I hadn't kept up with even the most basic hygiene. To be fair, there's not enough water for us to shower, but we have soapy water and towels to simulate a shower and we definitely have enough toothpaste and deodorant. I guess when there is no one else there to smell you, you don't take care of yourself as well. Even so, I looked worse than that. I had a longer than expected beard, matted hair, and bloody stained clothes. Then I saw what I was really looking for. I watched myself grab the science book from the supply cabinet, Unlock the cabin, place the books inside, lock it, and resume staring out the window. And I can't for the life of me remember doing that. I took the rest of the day to very thoroughly clean myself and the rest of the cabin. I also shaved my face and clipped my nails. I feel significantly better than before, and I wasted a whole day. 2nd of June, 2051 1924 I cleaned most of the day away again. Not much to say here except the cabin is as neat and organized as the day I arrived. 4th of June, 2051, 631 I've been putting it off all day, but today's the day. Who's next? I chose John. I don't even know why, but I chose him like a lottery then began cutting, tearing in the face of betrayal. I decided to go about it differently though. I prayed for him before the procedure and placed the sheet over his face. Looking back at some of my old journal entries, I feel pretty barbaric about how I did it last time. I think I was just so overwhelmed by the process that I didn't have time for anything else. This procedure was so painless that I've decided I'll go ahead and cut up Matthew and Jennifer today too. No more meat cutting for a few months. I had a nice meal once I was done, and I didn't feel as guilty as before. I felt like I had been giving them the respect they needed. Six of June, 2051, 1234. One of the things that I've been neglecting is working out. If you're not careful, the lack of gravity in space can make your muscles weak. I've been more careful about this recently, and I've been doing all the exercises that I was told to do. I've been keeping busy, I feel as good as someone all alone in the middle of space eating as friends could feel. 8th of June, 2051. Zero hundred hours. Happy birthday to me. Today I turned twenty-nine. I know my parents are celebrating even though I'm not there. This reminded me that Carter's birthday was a few days ago. To be fair, we slept through about 8 of his previous birthdays, but since I'm awake, I'd figure I'd celebrate his along with mine. I went back to the rations that NASA provided and ate the most glamorous meal I could find for the both of us. 10th of June. 2051, 9:12. I started to read the Bible again, maybe out of boredom, maybe out of interest. I'm not really sure, but I did, and I'm glad I did because I found this verse. Matthew 6.26 Look at all the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of a more value than they? This made me think that maybe God wants me to get fed. Despite how horrible it is, maybe this is all necessary for some reason. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat so that I can survive. Not for me, but for mankind. 12th of June, 2051, 235. I went to turn on the lights this morning and they didn't turn on. My heart dropped. No more lights. I have an odd feeling that they're gone for good this time. But I'm not a man of superstition without cause, so I'm going to keep trying. 14th June, 2051, 6.51. My sleep schedule is off again. I need to get that back on track. I keep reading the Bible in search of another verse that will cheer me up. I've already read every verse, but sometimes when I read the same thing at different times, it can mean something completely different. So I keep reading. Spent a lot of the day looking out into space, something I've avoided doing recently. I have to remember to keep doing my exercises, but it's hard in the dull orange light of the cabin. 16th of June, 2051, 1213. Something horrible happened today. I think I saw a cockroach. I'm definitely afraid of cockroaches. I'm not generally afraid of things, let alone insects, but cockroaches hold a special place in my own personal hell. I know, I know. A cockroach could never live for eight years on a spaceship. But I know I saw it, and I'm paranoid that he'll crawl into my bunk at night. Down my throat or something. It's an illogical fear, I know, but the brain rarely functions on logic alone. 18th of June, 2051, 919. I spent all day searching for the cockroach. Finally, my worries have subsided. There is no cockroach on Destiny. Thank God. 20th of June, 2051, 1642. Spent today doing system checks and reading books. I had to do a little maintenance on the water reclaimer, but nothing serious. Destiny's working fine. 12th of July, 2051, 1435. I hadn't been doing my log lately. I was supposed to log every day that I was awake, but obviously that was supposed to be for seven months, not for four years. Also, the time difference means that I've only been doing a log every other day. Nothing interesting has happened, and I didn't see much of a reason to log anything. It's not like there's much NASA can learn from what I do on a day-to-day basis while stuffed in this giant metal death trap. I logged today just to update. I've been doing plenty of reading, some exercises, and keeping up with my hygiene as much as possible. The cabin isn't that clean, but it's been worse, and I'll have fun cleaning it up a day later. I'm 100% sick of all the music that my crew brought with them. I'm only about three months in. This is going to be such a long trip. 24th July, 2051. I saw the cockroach again today, and I knew at that moment that my mind was deceiving me. But as hard as I tried, I could not make it disappear. There it was, as clear as day. I grabbed a book and went after it, but it quickly scurried behind some wiring and it was gone. I looked through the Bible on anything about roaches. I found a lot on locusts, but nothing on roaches. Then again, I'm not really sure I'd know what I was looking at if I did see a locust so maybe that's close enough. Exodus 10.4 If you refuse to let them go, I will bring locusts into your country tomorrow. They will cover the face of the ground so that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have left after the hail, including every tree that is growing in your fields. Oh, great. 26 July, 2051, 1912 I saw the locust, I mean, cockroach today. It was on the ceiling of the cabin next to one of the emergency lights. I swung my book frantically at it, and in the process I managed to destroy the light, but not the roach. Damn. 28th of July, 2051. I swear I felt cockroaches crawling on me in the night. Terrified. 13th, August, 2051, 213. I haven't been sleeping much. Every time I sleep I dream that cockroaches are crawling on me and I wake up to myself scratching the skin off of my legs. Instead, I just stay awake and snack on my meat and look out my window. I realize that before too long, I'll be able to eat NASA's food again and this nightmare will be that much closer to being over. 24th August, 2051. 609. Still haven't been sleeping much. The zero gravity is starting to get old, and I miss being able to walk around normally. I miss the trees and the grass and the blue sky, and I miss being on Earth with my friends and family. And I miss having something to do other than stare out a window. 6 September, 2051, 919 I hadn't seen the cockroach for at least a week, and I thought it was finally gone but boy was I wrong. Now there's more, at least three. I see them constantly, they won't stop taunting me and I can't kill any of them. They sit there on the opposite wall to me, taunting me to kill one of them to verify my sanity but they escape my grasp. September 8th, 2051. Today I ran out of meat and had to cut up my fifth crew member, Carter. I didn't do the Bible regiment with Carter. I thought about it, but his face looked angry, and it made me angry. And I didn't think Carter deserved it. Had a lot more blood than the others, which was odd and annoying. I got mad at him for a moment before realizing how stupid that was. 24th of September, 2051, 6.02. Carter was a small guy, and I need to cut up my final crew member today. Thank God that I'm almost done eating these guys. I'll be glad to go back to eating something better soon. I thought there were cockroaches in his body. I knew there couldn't be, but I could see them with my eyes and feel them on my arms, and I vomited. The smell from the body was horrible. I finished cutting up the flesh that I could salvage and piled the remains back in the tank. I never have to cut up another human being for the rest of my life. 26 September, 2051, 1213. My final crew member's flesh tastes putrid and horrible, but I have no choice. The cabin is starting to smell like death and body odor, but I can't be bothered to clean it. 3rd of October, 2051, 2353. I hate these stupid lights. All I want is some real darkness so I could get one night of real sleep in this damn cabin. And I hate this small cabin. It's cramped and it smells and it's lonely. I hate NASA. 23rd of October, 2051. I haven't slept in a week. I found a verse in the Bible that I like. Matthew 2352. The tombs were also opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. I cry whenever I read it. If this happened to my friends, I would be more than happy you could possibly imagine. Even though I've been reading the Bible, I haven't once prayed. But I pray that God would bring my friends back to life. 14th of November. I ran out of human meat. 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 I get to eat NASA's food for the next three and a half years, and I never have to eat anyone ever again. 16th of November. NASA's food isn't as good as I remember. I miss my meat. 17th of November. Thanks a lot, NASA. Thank you so much NASA for this nasty freeze dried meat. This is not meat. This isn't food. A man needs real meat to survive. Maybe I could eat some of the cockroaches. 18th November. Some of my NASA food went missing. I figure I'll have to eat some of the human remains I left over in order to survive. I went for the freshest remains and harvested what was still good to eat. 24th of November, the cockroaches are reproducing. Maybe they stole my missing food. They have to be eating something. Now there's hundreds. I think they're attracted to the lights because they crowd around them. 25th of November, I woke up this morning to almost pitch blackness. The roaches must have destroyed the rest of my lights in the night. The only light I had crept in from the windows from distant stars. I grabbed my flashlight from the cabinet to look around. The roaches scurry away from the oppressive light of my flashlight, and I can only see them scurry away. Happy Thanksgiving, I celebrated by eating the last of the remains that I gathered. 30th of November I used to spend most of my time reading by flashlight, but today my flashlight batteries died. I was so angry that I threw it across the cabin and the flashlight broke something. I don't know what it was, nor do I care. I'm still eating NASA's shitty food by starlight. 3rd of December. I think the roaches are coming from outside the spacecraft, so I have to seal it off. I saw one come right through the window earlier today. It crawled right through the glass. I used everything I could to plug the holes in the cabin, and I used pages of my Bible to cover up the windows. Maybe the roaches are demons and the pages will keep them out. Give me an idea. I spread the pages of the Bible everywhere throughout the cabin to protect me from the demons. I'm finally safe. 6 December, 2051 I finally understand how I connect to the angels of Revelation. I can't tell you i'm going to keep it to myself it's between god and me now and nasa can never know 8 december 2051 the roaches weren't stopped by the pages they crawl on them and leave their wretched feces on my pages the bastards every time i close my eyes they crawl all over me i can feel them under my skin Scratch until my skin comes off, but I can never make it stop. My arms and legs barely have any skin left on them at all. If I don't have skin, no bugs can crawl under it. 14th December, 2051. I finally understand why I had to eat my friends. God will never let us interfere with His plans. He was pushing me for my actions. He sent me the roaches like he sent the locust. My personal hell on earth. In space. 25th December. Merry Christmas. I celebrated with the rest of the crew today. John didn't come and I don't know why. 26th December. Today I realized I'm not going to make it to the star. I was never meant to. If I made it home, I would be the scum of the earth. The only proper thing to do is to ensure that no one ever finds out what happened on destiny. 27 December, 2051. 666. Today I changed the navigation to... Steer directly into Captain Star, destroying all evidence of my heresy. I will burn my sins. 1st of January, 2052, zero hundred hours. I didn't turn off the oxygen, it was the cockroaches. I just watched them do it, then I watched the oxygen meter slowly lower. I didn't know if this was what I wanted, but it was my destiny. I watched the meter tick down until I started to get tired. Then I sat down to write this log, and the lights went out and I… End of Log Journal of Destiny Astronaut Jason Falcon